Hey, it's Brandon here and I have some big news. Seven Figure Millennials is now beyond curious. I am so excited for this new brand and I would highly encourage you to go check out episode number 140 for all of the juicy details. But as a teaser for episode 140, the central question for Seven Figure Millennials, the original show from the beginning was, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? I spent over 1,000 hours researching this question and published 139 episodes. And after all of that, I have an answer. And I put together that answer in a legit masterclass that weaves together clips from previous guests all to answer that question. So if you wanna hear my answer, the why behind Beyond Curious and the vision moving forward, go check out episode number 140. But you are here listening to this episode, which I know is amazing, but I would just highly recommend you also check out episode number 140 for the full explanation behind the rebrand. All right, here's your episode. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Figure Millennials Podcast. Hello, my incredible seven-figure millennials, and welcome back to another episode of the Seven-Figure Millennials Podcast, where it is my job to uncover the winning strategies that help us to achieve our biggest financial and business goals while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships. And if you're listening to this right now, you and I are both on a journey to seven figures, and for some of you, even beyond that. And today, I have an incredibly special guest that is going to help us on our business journey, and her name is Jules Duncan. And just for some context around Jules, she has spent over 10 million dollars profitably on Facebook ads. She's the co-founder of Tribe for Leaders, which is an invite-only partnership community of the highest level experts and CEOs. And just to comment on that quick, I'm very blessed to say I am a part of the Tribe for Leaders community. It's an incredible experience. We'll be talking about that in the podcast, but you're going to be hearing from many people that I met through Tribe for Leaders. So we have Jules and Kevin, her partner, to thank for creating that community. But but going back to what else Jules has done, she is a coach to many seven and eight figure businesses. And she gets called all the time from people whose names you probably know and recognize to help consult on their business strategy. So all that and also, she has an incredible family. And the last thing I kind of want to note about Jules is she's kind of hard to find, and she does that intentionally. You have to know someone who knows Jules to get into her world. So you're not going to find a lot on her. So I'm in, I'm blessed because she has so much wisdom to share to bring her on this podcast for you and I to learn today. And specifically, there are three big things that you'll learn in this episode. The first thing is that she reveals three powerful lessons that she learned from her uncle who started 16 successful businesses. And then in his spare time, he was a World Series poker player. So there's lots that we dive into there that was incredibly insightful. Jules also shares some of her top insights on building seven-figure businesses because she has so much insight and visibility as a in her role inside of Tribe for Leaders. And it's not what you think, surprisingly. So make sure you listen in for that. And also, we talk about how to harvest gold and turn your daily experience into powerful business business wisdom. So those things and many, many more is what we dive into inside of this episode. So without further ado, let's bring on Jules Duncan. All right, Jules, welcome to the seven figure millennials podcast. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Brandon. <laughs> awesome. So for everybody listening now, I just wanted to start by explaining the fact that we already have a lot to thank for Jules because she helped come up with the name for Seven Figure Millennials. So that's awesome. And it's really funny because when I read the bio, I'm sure lots of you guys know uh, the, 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 the context that I gave around Jules. You know that she spent over $10 million on Facebook ads. You know that she's created the Tribe for Leaders or co-created the Tribe for Leaders, which is an invite-only mastermind for seven-figure entrepreneurs, experts, and CEOs. You know she's a coach to entrepreneurs, but there are a few things that were not in the bio that I read. You, you didn't know the fact that Jules has seven kids, that I, I'm actively doing projects together with Jules. She's my strategic partner, my friend, my mirror, my mentor, so many incredible things. And I also didn't mention that she has an incredible psychology background, child development, is obsessed with the brain. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation. And the one thing is that even though I know you really well, Jules, there were some things that as I was preparing, I'm like, I don't know that about Jules. So I think it'd be interesting for us to kind of start uh, where, you know, most conversations would start. But I just want to know, Jules, you have such a diverse experience with your entrepreneurial journey. And I'm just curious, what got you started? Like what got you started? What was the initial spark? Was it something in your childhood? Can you just walk us through what set you out on this incredible journey that you've been on? Yes. Well, great question. Thank you, Brendan, for that. Uh, I feel like we walk through and have our experiences and they're kind of carve out who we become. And for me, my first experience, if I look all the way back into childhood, actually spoke and actually I could see the through line there to entrepreneurship. I was raised in a very religious um, way and we actually learned how to go knocking on doors. Mm. And I tell people, I'm like, if you can learn how to position a God that doesn't allow holidays or birthdays, you learn a lot in the process. And so from, from birth, essentially, I was indoctrinated into a whole different world. And then also both my parents were entrepreneurs. So from, all of these different early life experiences, I realized so much now when I look back, because, you know, first grade was when I had my first sale. First sale was for <laughs> a lotion that was $100 per ounce. Wow. Even today, that's, that would be incredible, but put that in the 80s, and that's a lot of money. And I didn't just do it one time. I did it with all my teachers and all the different like lunch ladies and, and yard duty people. I'd always go around just giving free squirts of this lotion so that people could really try it out. And it was this massive, like um, one of our entrepreneurs and tribe for leaders, uh, Jude says all the time is it's just a massive dem dramatic demonstration of value. And that's what I really started loving to do. And I started, so at every level and everything I build today is based on value first. How can I give value so you can actually see it for yourself? Because what I was really creating, even though I didn't know it at the time, I was creating buying intent from all of those people that I just wanted to show them because I, I was a little kid. I thought that cream was incredible and it was made from bees. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most incredible thing ever. And I was so excited to share it with people. So from that, I created all, all this buying intent that actually led up to me being speaking on stage at by nine at the at the corporate level and speaking to this room of all these professional people and telling them what I'm doing and it was just being a kid you know I, I didn't think of it as anything special or different it was just one of the things I did that day and I went with my mom you know to LA to speak to them and it's but it's experiences like that that have been the through lines for me 
of being able to access rooms that most people can't get into, of being able to speak in ways that even at nine years old, where I'm like, who gets to do that? Right. But it's just, it's about where you're at and what you, what, what your through line is and how you see life and kind of speaks to what you're supposed to do as you get older. Yeah. And so I really appreciate that I can look all the way back from the beginning of my life. I literally have memories of me being in, with work, seeing my dad behind the scenes of what he did every single day that made him the entrepreneur that he was. And that is the shift that changes everything. And so from there is where you actually see me today. That's, that's incredible. So there's lots that I want to pick apart here to dive in deeper, but I think the interesting part so far, and this is something I know from our conversations, but for people that are, for you that is listening to this right now, I think the interesting thing to pull out that Jules mentioned is your through line. And I think that's really important because as entrepreneurs, it's so important for us to understand and tap into the powers that have always been throughout our life. And the closer we can get at identifying those through lines and the more in alignment we can get with creating a business, with partnering with people that support our through lines, I think that that's one of the ultimate forms of growth and the ultimate forms of leverage as an entrepreneur. So Jules, you're really good at identifying other people's through lines, their unique abilities, and showing people a mirror uh, that most people can't see until you can kind of show it to them. So I'm just kind of curious if you can maybe talk about your experience working with some of the most incredible entrepreneurs, helping them discover their through lines. For somebody that's listening to this right now, can you just kind of speak on the importance of through lines and, and how you've seen that to help entrepreneurs at every single level? Mm -hmm. Through lines are super important to notice because there are our experiences. And when we're having an experience, it feels like that's all it is. But when we realize that our life is a chain of these, and that there, our highest self and our, our superpowers, our unique abilities, all are, you can, there's, there's so much uh, to get from that. Like you can learn so much about you just by what you've experienced. And so when I look at things, I always want to consider that when I'm talking to entrepreneurs. We work with entrepreneurs that are seven figures plus. Some of them are at seven, eight, and nine. And so what we're looking for is what do you just naturally do? Where are you naturally at? Like I am always looking for that line because the unconscious areas that we go to and we flow to are sometimes exactly where we should be headed, but we have our ship pointed a different direction. So I'm looking to really have like deep conversations with, with people that we serve and like really figure out like what wires you, why are you so driven on this path? What is, what is that right there? That's making this be what you decide to do. And with you doing that, are you happy? Are you seeing externally verifiable evidence that what you're doing right now is creating the life that you really want? Or is there misalignment? Is there gaps? Is there, you know, even plateaus in your life? Where are you at? And just even from that, that calibration, because if you know where you are right now, we can, we can do so much. But like, you know, GPS is a great example. You got to have two points where you are here and where you want to go. But to plot the first point is something that, you know, a lot of, it's not just, you know, I'm a great mirror. Everybody can be a great mirror. Right. Because it's like, just like Joe Polish and he's absolutely one of my most favorite clients and also favorite mentor. 
he is phenomenal and he has a genius network. They have a 25 and 100K level for high level uh, entrepreneurs to be able to take their business to the next level. And one of the things that I love about Joe is he always says you can't read the label within the jar. So that means everybody has a label and where others can literally clearly see it, but we can't, especially if we're not as clear in it or are unconscious about what we've been doing. So through line is one of the ways that are the easiest to figure out some massive clarity needs that we each of us have. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think one of the things that I've begun to understand as a lot more as of recent, it's that people don't realize that your through line, your unique ability, you don't realize that it's anything special because it's just naturally the way you operate. And so if you're listening to this right now and you're like, okay, this all sounds nice and well and good, but like, I don't have anything like that. You, at least I was incredibly surprised to discover the things that were a part of my through line that I just kind of took for granted. I'm like, yeah, it's just the way everybody should do things. I don't get why it's anything different. And until you, like Jewel said, have people that are outside of your jar that can give you a different perspective and pull that out from you. That is just such an incredible gift. Cause once you're in alignment with where you're naturally going, things just are so much easier. Cause if you're struggling right now, there's a good chance mm-hmm. and there's probably lots of different ways, but I would assume that there's a, a good chance too that, um, you, you are not in alignment with where you want to go. So actually Jules, I think that's a, that's a great transition because one of the things that you help people do inside of tribe for the leaders is you create incredible curated groups of jar readers (laughs) essentially where it's like you're putting people in a room that can see different aspects based on their experiences so can you not people know understand from the bio what tribe for leaders is but can you maybe just tell us a little bit about what that is and what your focus is with tribe for leaders Mm -hmm. Yes, it's Tribe for Leaders is not quite a mastermind. It for people that understand a mastermind and how it's seen today, it's a lot different because really what this is is like how do we create really strong relationships and a strong community of impact focused individuals? How do we create something for people that are actually here for impact? Dollars do matter, but they're not the only thing that matter to the to our group. We're looking for, you know, like when we, I truly believe it's about culture. What is your culture? And so when you ask what Tribe for Leaders is, is let me tell you about our culture. You know, Tribe for Leaders is all about, you know, long-term relationships, not short-term profits. We will not sacrifice a long-term relationship for short-term profits. So even though our group is absolutely the incubator in the space for strategic partnerships, because that's our line. I truly believe that to provide the value that's required today in business does require you to be able to provide results. Yet, when you're making your offers, you need to make this in a way that you actually can guarantee the results. And you can't guarantee how someone's gonna receive what you're gonna give them, but you can guarantee what the deliverable is. And so here, what our deliverable is, is we, we want people to be able to be more referable and start creating relationships that be begin and create and and fulfill the strategic partnership roles. We want people to be able to come into Tribe for Leaders and not feel like, hey, everybody here has written a certain specific size check to be here. It's not that. Everybody here is actually, it's invite only, but it's on the integrity, it's on your character, it's on your abilities, that what you've done in this space. Like we want people that are the highest level 
of giving, of, of impact, and of, of expertise to be in our group. And we want to work together because we are a group of people that we identify and understand what our unique ability is. And just like Dan Sullivan, one of the greatest coaches ever, tells everybody, is that it's not it, the you know how you ask the best question the how question is best answered with a who and that is absolutely true and with a caveat being it's like we really want the biggest how questions to be answered with a who because that's really where we want to make sure that we have a who there that's a necessity and so we created a group of who's all the people in the space that are leading that are actually doing right now that are actually in the space that have a lot of experience and and they're vested and so when they get on our calls one of our another piece of our culture is transfer of business wisdom when you go and talk to facebook instagram or any of the big apps out there that are literally almost kind of running our world because of the way <laughs> their platforms work right they're obsessed with two things they're obsessed with diversity and they're obsessed with how fast can they relay information from one department to another and that make new iteration based on what they've learned. And thus, when we created Hyperleaders, that was one of the focuses that I really was really passionate about was one, make sure there's diversity. And let's I'll be very honest and just call it out. A lot of times, even just to have females into high level masterminds, we're looking at a 20, 25% rate of, of attendance and a ratio. With Tribe for Leaders, we're already pushing 35%. And we're just keep getting more incredible people and women and diversity from our experience because we're looking for it. We understand the diversity is actually more perspective. And mm -hmm. when you're growing your business, that's what you need is perspective from the right people. Like always that's a caveat. If I miss that, Brandon, that's always part of it. It's like from the right people. But how do you curate the right people based on intent? Yeah. And so it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a ecosystem that I could talk a lot about, but there's what it really is. It's the incubator to create the right relation, the conversations, the right conversations that would lead to really solid, strong strategic partnerships. And the speed from those partnerships is absolutely from trust. And so all the trust that we build is intentional and tribe for leaders so that, you know, you're entering a room with people that have been vetted, people that are invite only and people that are the best. And so when you add those people into your world and we pull you straight into the group, Brandon, so that actually everybody, Brandon is a member. Brandon <laughs> is on our calls and Brandon sits with, you know, the people at the highest levels that, you know, that have done so many incredible things and to be able to sit with those people and to, and on every call we ask, where are you at? What are you struggling with right now? What could you use help with? That's the key question for everybody in everybody's business. How many times do you actively ask the right people what they need? Mm -hmm. That that is something we can absolutely, you know, see on a dollar line because that's how much impact we have. And that's the only thing I really like the dollar line for is to see how much impact we have and how far we're dispersing our gifts. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I know you and I have had lots of conversations recently with Dan Cashel, who mm -hmm. is a TFL member. And he's also, he's, Jules calls him the godfather of, of marketing. He's incredible. And that's one of the things he talks about all the time is that how many people are you asking the question? What is the number one thing that you need the most help with? And the more that you can understand mm -hmm. what the pain points are of the people that you're, you're servicing and the better you can articulate it in their own 
ways of articulating it, the better you can get at, at building incredible businesses. So the, the interesting thing I'd also like to ask you, Jules, and I, I realized in the beginning, I called it a mastermind when it must've been just a, a total slip. But um, one of the things that you identified from working with high level masterminds is, is what allowed you to create TFL entirely differently. And so I think it'd be interesting to talk about for people listening, how you arrived at this concept based on your experiences with other high level masterminds and, and how it began to organically start as this incredible movement that it's becoming right now. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's as much as it's looking at that experience, it's looking at the way I, I see life and the way I think about life and think about my experiences. Right. And so really it's like, in marketing and, and really what I do is that I am here about creating the most incredible experience for people. And I literally love my audiences and love the people I serve. So I come at it from a completely different things. And I'm always looking, well, what do they need? And then what would they be willing to buy? And what would actually move them forward? Like all those things have to be done. And truly, as you know, it's like what they need and what they want to buy are not always the same thing. Right. So it's like you have to figure out how to negotiate, navigate, and how to intentionally design. Like the question that you said before is like, I intentionally designed that question into TFL so that every single member has at least one touch point per month to be able to, we, we ask them actively. And so it's, it's in the designing of, of where can I put in better touch points instead of like, but we're very high touch. Like this is not like looking to scale this experience. No, we're looking to really focus in on a very specific number of high level entrepreneurs and give them the red carpet treatment all the way through and everything and really be their strategic partner. Like we always tell people we're a first strategic partnership in TFL and we want to help you navigate so that you have more. So already by entering TFL, you're already, you're already guaranteed one strategic partnership. And you know, Kevin and me on with being strategic partners, with anyone, they're gonna get two people that absolutely are gonna lean in and do whatever we can in our wheelhouses. And you know, Kevin Thompson is you know, a legend in his own right. He's been in this sector for over 15 years. I have never met anyone else that has such a, a history of long-term valuable relationships. If you met Kevin 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, those people love him still. And that's something that you don't see all the time with business. Like people see leads, they see MQLs, they see things that aren't really people. But it's like when you design for people, you design completely different. And if you design for people you love, you could design completely different even then. So it's for me, it's about how can I put love on this? How would I want to experience this? How would I, and not just me, because that's my point of view, but how would someone that's the perfect person for this, how would, how would they want to have this? What, what do they need to see here? What would support them? And I'm very outcome focused. What outcomes do they really need? Like what the outcome that really everybody wants is the fact that they want more strategic partnerships. Right. Yet not everybody's ready for strategic partnerships. Some people actually need to work on the referability. Some people don't have enough doors open in their business. But with the way TFL is run, we're able to help those people. We have office hours and we can identify where people are and we can start having conversations because the language of entrepreneurship is something we don't talk about. But from my background in child development, I can see how there's a correlation between how language is taught to a child in the first seven years and how it's used in the world and the way language is taught to entrepreneurs. 
there's so much language out there that only is entrepreneur speak. Like you, most people, they don't know what LTV is unless they have a business. Right. They don't know what it's CTR is. They don't know all these different things that marketers just talk about and business people just talk about. But what matters is who you learn it from, the context and container they create. There's ways in this world today, especially on online, you can, you can run something that's not quite ethical. You can run mm -hmm. things to happen because we have algorithms that can make things happen. But creating value and valuable experiences happen when people actually really care and really, really want to provide something that others would thrive from. So Tripe for Leaders is our iteration of just like, how do we provide more value? How do we actually shift it? How do we turn the tables on it? Especially because of COVID, where there's too many good people out there right now that are struggling. And one of the most important things to do whenever you're struggling is there's two prong for me. I we haven't got into it, but one of my through lines for sure is my daughter Annabelle passing away. And when she did, it just shifted me completely. And it was really hard for me to like get out of the grieving mode because I was the type of person that is the best at everything I do. So if I was going to grieve, I was going to grieve better than anyone. So it was really this intense place for me. And I kept dropping into it. And I have a psychology background. I understand the brain. I understand the science behind why I feel this way. But I still freaking do. You know, and it's, it's still really hard. And it's really, it's not fun. The only thing that shifted me out of that is when I actually shifted what I felt and actually pushed it out into the world as value. How can I help? Instead of feeling what I'm feeling about me, when I look at the world from the lens of how can I help, all of a sudden I can move again. All of a sudden new things open up. All of a sudden I don't feel as bad because I've done the one thing that any, if any human does, they feel better. It's our default mode as a human is to be of, of service. And so having that ability to one, speak your truth and two, be of service is a, one of the most easiest ways that I've found. And with the level of grief that I felt, it was the only thing that worked. And so what happens if we utilize that model, if we utilize this thing that I know for sure will move even the stuckest person and create it into a group format for high level entrepreneurs. So it doesn't matter if you're stuck, just show up, serve and tell us what you need. Guess what yeah. happens? No more stuck. You feel better about yourself. So many things that were actually in here that were in your mind that were kind of like holding you back all of a sudden unlock because I didn't ask you to unlock it for you, Brandon. I asked you to unlock it for someone else that needed help. And guess what? You still have access to you if you're in help mode. And yeah. once in help mode, we can kind of recalibrate and realign. But the whole purpose is not to be alone and not to be stuck. Yeah, that's that's super incredible. And thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable. I know that's that's something that's not easy to talk about is is uh, what happened with Annabelle. And that's one, another incredible thing that I think is very valuable for everybody listening that I've learned from you. Also, our mutual friend, Dr. Juli La Roca, that we're going to have on the show. She's absolutely incredible. And that is, if you're listening to this right now, and, and like, 
and you, you have something that has been hurting you or that you feel like has been holding you back. Like for me, the thing that Jules helped me so much with and, and Huli as well is that like, I, you know, I, I told the story in the very first episode of how I grew up in a family that didn't have that much money. And I was super embarrassed by the fact that when I would go through the, that lunch checkout line, it would show Brandon Fong zero dollars and zero cents. And I was just embarrassed by that. But what I realized and, and through the work of understanding that, that that turned into one of my greatest assets and that if you look at things the correct way, you can turn anything that you're struggling with into one of the most greatest powers that you possibly have to help you transform your business and, and really take things to the next level. So I think there's lots of comments or lots of wisdom that comes from what Jules just shared and, and, and for being open and vulnerable about that. So that was absolutely incredible. Um, Jules, another thing I want to talk about that, that you're so good with that I think is very valuable for people listening to is like some people may be thinking, okay, uh, maybe I'm not ready. At, I'm not at the seven figure level yet. So I'm not quite ready for a tribe for leaders. I'm still looking for ways to grow. One of the things that I think that you and I have identified as a very uh, big commonality between the way that we think is harvesting gold. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to comment much more on it, but can you maybe tell people what I say, when I, what it means to you when I say harvesting gold and how people could begin to leverage that in their business and in their life to really take things to the next level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really believe we need to practice noticing. And that starts even before you can harvest gold. And so when you practice noticing, what happens is you, got to, you start seeing what's actually, you're very present for what's around you. I actually, this is something that I, I read probably 10, 15 years ago in the Eckhart Tolle book about the miracle of flowers and how before there was a flower, there was no flower. So that was the first miracle on earth. And when I see a flower from that perception, all of a sudden I value it completely differently. All of a sudden I see it differently. And then it also put that awareness in me of like, if that's a, if that's absolutely a miracle, how many other miracles am I walking by on a daily basis that I may be missing? So getting your eyes calibrated for that type of um, that type of experience is super important. And it's just really about having it so people can really start seeing what's there. And when you talk about the way I see things, it's like it's what pair of glasses are you wearing at all times? Everybody has it, even if you're not aware of it. But it's a lens that you see through life and it comes from the back of your head. It's not reality. It's from you and your brain. And it's your brain that's experienced everything you experience. So either you have a coloring and you may it may be rose, rosy, or maybe it comes from a point of view where you, you had it harder. So it's like that gets trained into your perception. So how do you actually shift that? And one of the ways we shift that is actually through others. And so the more perceptions we have and the more views of reality we have the more we can see what's really there and that that's it so when you harvest gold you're able to see it like both of us can hear it we can see it it's like because we can we value others and we can see i'm like oh my gosh you just said that that was incredible that was a flow state like people drop into flow state especially when they're in alignment and when you hear them passion and they just start running and you just hear like this this richness that comes from them. I truly believe they've, they've accessed their highest self. And this is where they're really at. But, you, they, and, but they didn't do it just for themselves, they did it for you. And so there's all these ways you can do it through science of like how to drop into it. But the, the easiest way that I've found is literally just being of service and wanting to help that human in front of you. Because when you do, you just push it out. And from there, you know, people like us 
you know, can hear it. And I'm like, I hear it. And that's the one thing that I really appreciate because I love to, you know, work in marketing and I love writing and you know how we've gone through and had conversations on just even one word, like yeah. the meditation and just the, the appreciation for one word. Like for me, it's, it always changes what that word is. You hear me rattling over one, the, that word for me, but like when you think of things, like uh, one of my favorite examples of this is uh, amateur, right? People have such a negative connotation to, to amateur and to being green and to starting fresh. But all those words are not bad words. Fresh is brand new and relevant. Green is healthy. Amateur actually comes from the root word that of Latin of a more. So thus amateur was the word was created to actually mean a person that loves. And that's why they do it. Mm. And they do it from love, not do it from mastery, which is a different shift. And that's the pendulum shift. But to do something because you love it, not because your ego is getting fed by it. Wow. I have so much respect for that. And yet, if you have the perception, if you're an amateur, that's bad. How will you ever get to that next level when actually amateur means that you're doing it because you love it? Yeah. That's the shift. Yeah. And, and, and to kind of maybe put a bow on top of everything that Jules just mentioned there, I think my perspective of harvesting gold too is somebody asked me the other day, how did you learn marketing? How did you learn entrepreneurship? And I did think about that for a long time. And I realized that like my being a student of marketing and being a student of entrepreneurship, yeah, I learned from lots of different places, but the majority of my insights came from just observing literally everything. Like, like how, like if I have an experience that I'm walking on the street and I see a sign like to somebody else. It's just a sign. But like, to me, I'm taking it, you know, you and I have talked about doing this. We take pictures of it. Cause it's like, wow, that was really good copy. Or like, we'll go through an experience in the restaurant. Like as an example, I think the example you gave the other day, Jules, when we were talking is you went to uh, a, a pizza place that like created, they create pizzas on the go and you, you walked in and they were just like, Oh, this is Subway, but for pizza. And it immediately gave you a frame of reference to understand. So like, that's what I'm, what I think that, that uh, to add on to what Jules is saying is like, how can you not just treat your education of marketing, of entrepreneurship as something that you're reading from a book or something that you're reading, you're learning in an online course? How can you turn your everyday experience that you're walking throughout life and everything can literally be a lesson that you can apply? And when you take that approach, when you have that lens, it makes you invincible because there's literally nothing that you can't learn from. So that's something that I think is an incredible lesson. So I appreciate you sharing your insights on also adding other people's lenses on and allowing you and giving you different insights as to like what you can even begin to see. Because like you said in the very beginning, understanding that that's there and being able to notice is really the first part of being able to harvest gold is like seeing that there is gold in everywhere that you go. And then once you have that lens, it's just a matter of picking it up. So, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> um, can I one last thing to say on yeah, that? Absolutely. We want to make sure that we're not not walking through life unconsciously. There's a couple of reasons why this is really important. One, when you walk unconsciously, all of your preconceived notions of yourself and self-fulfilling prophecies happen a lot easier. It's so easy to watch, like from the outside looking in, to see someone literally construct their perfect health and have done it completely from an un unconscious lens. I normally tell people, good. We got something to work with because you're powerful. You know what I mean? That you did a great job of creating a perfect, you know, purgatory for yourself. But let's take that those same skill sets and let's use them consciously, right? Let's consciously see what you can do 
and then have reasons why we really want to do what we're wanting you know but it's it comes from clarity it comes from understanding like everything and it's not like entrepreneurship is a destination and that's what happens most people get a, entrepreneurship as a destination disease they don't get to enjoy entrepreneurship for what it really is it's a journey and it's really a journey to find you not just to right. provide value to find you and to be able to see this is what it means to me to be a human and you recognize and own your own power because your power is how you're going to make all of these things happen and marketing for me it's like marketing feels so fluid that it doesn't even feel like marketing it feels like you know what it really feels like it feels like helping the right people be able to progress and move forward and removing these these extra unneeded you know invisible barriers or hurdles that they put in front of them and their greatest next levels like you know i one of the things that dan cashel says that's absolute gold talking since we mentioned him before is the fact that he always says i'm not trying to sell you anything what i'm really wanting to or actually i'm not going to try to sell you i think anything like that but then he says all i really want you to buy is how valuable you are mm what you're offering to the world and it's just like that's the shift it's like i truly feel that influence is empowerment that's what it really is is you've empowered another human to take and move forward you, you can't ever do the work for clients so we can't be their hero so we but we can you know walk right with them and and help them and support them on their journey because everyone needs support not just some and the ones that get support go the furthest and the one that gets support have the best results. So it's a must, but it's not something most people talk about. Yeah. Thank you for, for adding that. Um, so, so this is going to be kind of like a, a, a rough transition, but it was something I wanted to make sure I covered. Cause this is another one of those questions where it's like, you and I could talk about marketing. We could talk about entrepreneurship all day. And you know, the seven figure millennials community is going to nerd out about that. But the other important aspect uh, is, is the fact that in seven figure millennials, we prioritize our health, happiness, or and our relationships. And we view this experience as something more than just financial success. So yes, you have spent $10 million on Facebook ads and you work with incredible uh, high powered entrepreneurs. But another interesting thing that I'd love to dive into is the small comment that I made in the beginning, the fact that you have seven kids and you're managing all this other crazy stuff. So I was just kind of curious if you could answer how you and your husband work together. So for entrepreneurs that are in relationships, they're looking at, you know, not sacrificing that relationship and instead of growing, I've heard you talk a lot about how your husband gives you different perspectives and how he has a unique experience. Mm -hmm. So I guess just kind of generally, how do you and your husband work together to do all this incredible thing, uh, to do all these incredible things that you're doing right now? Well, I appreciate you acknowledging that because every like one of the levels of success is who you choose for your partner. Mm. There, there's certain things you have to do and you have to calibrate that right partnership for success because if it's not in alignment, then you'll never be able to reach those levels you need to reach because you're stuck here in a place where you're not ready. You, you can't move forward. So him, he actually massively activates my ability of, uh, to impact others. And he does that in a couple different ways because he's also, he's a great sounding board. He knows me. He knows where that I'm one overly generous. He knows me. He knows where I'm strong. He knows where I'm weak. And he actually sees me as a person. So he has perspective on me that I don't always see, but he can share. And 
I value that. I value being able to just to talk to him. I mean, sometimes he's also, he's an artist. So me and him see and, and an athlete, me and him see life completely differently. Yeah, so he's another jar reader for, for just to interject exactly. really quick there. <laughs> exactly. But he gives me great perspective because he's such an artist and mm -hmm. he, he sees things so differently. I mean, in other, other business ventures, we've actually worked together and he just designs for me. And it's just like the most, we can create the most incredible work, but our most incredible work to date is our children. And so he's actually an incredible dad and he does such great work with the kids and they, they, he ha they have so much fun that he makes it very easy for me to be able to have my time and to be able to make the impact that we, I get to make every day because I know everything is set in my life. He also sets my environments. He's the one in the backgrounds that you'll see I'm in. And he's the one, and when I walk out of this office, I walk into an incredible, beautiful home that's very comfortable. And I'm, it's not run by me. He <laughs> made, he's an artist. And so everything around him just gets more and more beautiful. And it always, and it, sometimes it even changes. And I like that. I thrive on seeing something differently. I thrive on the fact that he, you know, he is a golf professional. And so he see, he tells me these little random things and I'm like, oh, there's so much gold here because I don't have perspective in mm -hmm. this world. And truly the best leverage, just like Jay Abraham would tell you, is to, to leverage the most of what you got is to put it somewhere else it's never been. So hearing his insights on even just how to like optimize swing and lift, it's like, oh, guess what? There are a lot of lessons there. Like randomly, he, he has this thing where he realizes that if he looks one eye, if he's right eye or left eye dominant, it actually impacts his swing. And it'll actually send it in one direction or the other. But that's a nuance most people, especially at the amateur level, are not even understanding that that's an option. So it's that clarity piece of like, whoa, I was looking, I had a choice on that. But that's like in business too. It's like, how much can we expand to really see what's going on here? And did you even realize that if you look at it from this point of view, your swing is going to go that way with your launch? Or if you look at it from this point of view, you're going to have a way clearer, you know, yeah. approach. So I, I just want to interject really quick right here because like watch, watch what Jules just did right there. Like that was an example of harvesting gold. So like, I just kind of wanted to bring that to people's conscious awareness because it's like, Jules has found a way to partner with somebody. And this is kind of putting a bow on almost everything we've talked together. Like she's partnered with somebody that has a unique perspective that allows and, and empowers and gives opportunities to read her jar, <laughs> the, the label on her jar. And then also the fact that, um, you know, the harvesting gold, like Jules was able to take that, that insight from her husband. That's a pro golfer. And he made this small comment and then translate that into business wisdom and share that. And, and so that's, that was incredibly powerful. I just wanted to kind of comment on that right there. So <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you had anything else to say, but I was, I interrupted you. No, it's, this is fun. This is life is so much funner than what people notice. And the one thing is you have to notice because you know what, that's actually what atrophies a brain. If you don't, mm -hmm. the more that you keep doing things that are the same old, same old, the less you remember what you did because the brain already defaults is not that important. So it's not even categorized or cataloged in your brain as a memory. It's just, Oh, that's the stuff that's going to defrag and get rid of tomorrow morning when you wake up. So yeah. if you really want to have a meaningful life, that's full of impact and memories that you love, you got to keep shifting it up. You got to keep looking. Where is it at? Growth means change. Growth means new opportunities and growth means sometimes being in places where you're safe, but uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really what it is. And so we need that as humans to actually live or our brain starts to die. And that's why it starts aging. And that's why things start changing for people. But to actively participate in your life is the way to extend your life.
yep. and impact. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to that. And you know, it's just like most people are walking through a light, they're scrolling through their phones when like, like I know you and I sometimes scroll through Facebook, but we're looking for the ads <laughs> because it's like, oh man, that's interesting. How do they do that? Not, not for the consumption perspective. And I think that if you think about that too, another thing, maybe you could comment on this Jules, but uh, something that you mention all the time is the fact that when you watch movies, some which which is rare, but you you love watching the director's cut of the movie because it's like, how did this thing get created? And when you put that lens on, it just shows you the perspective of somebody that is looking at something from the greater picture. You know, it's like, what? how is this emotion in this, how is this tone in this song creating the emotion that I want to create here or blah, blah, blah. You know, so, I mean, there's there's so much power in, in understanding that, that there's wisdom everywhere you can possibly go. So there is so much wisdom. The world is just full of it. It's all just yours to take. If you can practice noticing and you can see what's there and, you know, going from reaction to responsive is how you notice more because it's, it's even accentuating the pause between things that happen. And the pause is important to me because when I was a little girl, as we learned how to knock on doors, we would go through a chapter a week on how to actually be an impactful, effective speaker. And literally spending a week just learning to pause teaches you a lot. Yeah. And this, this is something I don't understand. I kind of understand, but like I heard this and I'm still trying to make sense of it, but I, I, I inherently know it's true is that music is really the space between the notes. It's not the notes itself. And so like, I think that's, kind of alluding to what you're talking about there. Um, another interesting thing that I, I knew I wanted to talk to you about in this, in this interview here is somebody that you've mentioned as a really prominent figure in your life that has provided lots of wisdom is your uncle. That's a poker player uh, mm-hmm. or that, that was one of the greatest poker players of all time. And I know there's lots of wisdom that you got to spend when you, when you spent time learning from him and the insights that he gained from a life of just being one of the best. So maybe you could share some of the top lessons that you learned from uh, from your your uncle that was a poker player. <laughs> yes, I would be happy to. Um, his name was Oklahoma Johnny Hale, and he is incredible. And I was fortunate enough to spend a decent amount of time with him at the, he called it the fall spring of his life. And fall spring in Oklahoma means when you think it's springtime, but it's actually already passed. But you get one, a couple, you have one more weekend of it. And so I met him about six months before he passed away. And so I got to, he wanted to share where he was at. And it was a really beautiful time because that was the only part of him that was, that showed back up because he, it was, he was, he was ill, but spending time and just being able to talk about it. Cause he, in his lifetime, he started 16 businesses that were highly successful. He's considered one of the seven founding sons of Oklahoma. And on his birthday, they, as of this year, they just had their first. He has the um, official Oklahoma Johnny Hale Day in Oklahoma for his birthday. So he made massive impact. And the way that he actually would take a break from his businesses was to go play poker. And so which he, he crushed that too. <laughs> which he crushed that. And so he is actually related to my husband. And it was my husband. We, we found him through Ancestry.com, surprisingly. Wow. And so it was like, so we, my husband had a, a, a portion of his, of his family that was unseen. And so when they were found, it was beautiful. And it was crazy because my husband had always seen him on TV. And he's like, I wonder if 
that's anyone because they have this they have this they have the same what? i did not know that yes. that's incredible <laughs> so yeah it was like we won the uh, ancestry lottery for sure because it was just like wow to be connected with this human and he was 92 when he passed away and for our lifetime to even overlap i mean he lived through the the dust pole and the great depression he has memories of his father his father was a with a local merchant in town and when the dust bowl and the um and the depression hit he remembers his dad going back because what they did was they essentially loaned out supplies and things for ious once things got tough during the, the dust bowl and finally one day it got to the point where they just had to burn them all up because there was no way anyone was going to be able to pay and so that his dad had a pivot so he literally burnt it because he knew he burnt his the boats he knew he had to move forward and they moved the family out west but that just even understanding that burning for the little boy johnny was big and so he learned how to leverage everything but the most exciting lessons that i learned from him was actually how he played poker because we're talking poker royalty all the way where you're going to any hotel you want you recognize you're playing you're well taken care of because of who you are he is inducted in the uh, uh, they call it the wasop the world series of poker hall of fame and he also was the founder of the seniors world series uh, um, hall of fame for poker players and so he did all these incredible things so i had to ask him how do you win a poker yeah <laughs> and so like that's what everyone wants to know it's like if you're this incredible poker player well how do you win and he told me the most incredible insightful business wisdom i've ever learned and that was and it wasn't what i anticipated him to say because i wasn't sure what he was going to say but i'm like that's the right question <laughs> to ask this incredible right. poker player how do you win and he told me the way you win at poker is to stay at the table whoa Yep. That's not what the poker books teach. They teach strategy. And he's so, saying, stay at the table. Yeah. So can you, can you, like, like, so the first time I heard that, it, it tickled my brain. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But I didn't quite grasp what that meant. And as I've heard you say this over and over and over again, how relevant this is, what that really means. So can you kind of maybe directly Google translate that directly into how you, how you apply that into to business wisdom? Yes. So what I apply it to in business wisdom is sustainability. The reason Johnny Hale can sit at any table is because he can afford to. Mm -hmm. He can afford to sit there. And he's, he's, he said, I don't have to win every hand because I know my hands are gonna happen. I know I'm gonna get my hand. And that's a different type of thinking than thinking I have to win to be here. He's not, he, his, it's like right eye, left eye dominant, right? He needs to be right eye dominant, which is actually, I need to sit here because this is where the wins happen. This is the only way I'm gonna make money in poker is if I can keep sitting at this table. But if you're left eye dominant and think, I just gotta win this hand, you're gonna play differently. Mm -hmm. You may not be playing to sustain yourself. And that's one of the best lessons I was able to apply to business. So many people are going after creating this campaign, this launch, this product, and thinking all in here, right? And yet here a man that has created 16 highly successful businesses, literally essentially built towns and schools <laughs> and all, everything in Oklahoma. And he says, no, don't do that. Don't try to put all in now. He's like, how are you going to keep sitting here? How are you going to keep playing? How are you going to be ready for your best hand? How are you going to be, you know, even in your chips, how are you going to be ready for it? If you go all in on crap hands, how are you going to do that? So yeah. it's, 
it's really about like understanding the real game. It's not just about this launch. It's not just about this promotion. It's about how do we create real sustainability in your business so that when the right hand shows up, you can make the most of it. And it always will show up, especially if you're focusing correctly on really building strategic relationships, just like what you teach people. Like I don't hear anyone else teaching what you teach Brandon. And that's what really has me so excited by it because we need to take and bring intimacy back into our conversations, make mm -hmm. it so we're actually having relationships with our audiences, make it so that we make it easy for people to want to continue with us. Because in that initial phase, even especially now that I have this vantage point from tribe for leaders, there's this super fragile stage that all these new relationships have that need context and they also need curation. And that's why I like the MCM so much because that's what that does is it creates context and curation for that really new, in, that really new relationship to start off on the right way. Cause how you position yourself with people does matter. Yeah. And just to, uh, MCM is the magic connection method, the process that Jules is referring to, which I'm sure we will, if you guys haven't listened to episode two, that's hundred percent about the magic connection method. So, uh, dig into that. And I appreciate that for, for sharing that Jules. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny what you said too, and this is another Joe Polishism, or maybe he got it from somewhere else, but I, I think of Joe Polish when I say it is that sometimes the only way to win the game is to not play. Yes. And I think it, it takes a lot of, wisdom to really understand when is the time to go all in on something and, mm -hmm. and that discernment and understanding when it's time to really go all in is really the magic because it's like mm -hmm. i think a whole lifetime can be played if you're just chasing the small hands all the time and i feel like that's where lots of entrepreneurs that are just getting started you're chasing the small hands but right. to tie this back to what we talked about in the very very beginning once you understand your unique ability and your through line and what makes you a powerful entrepreneur and it's well connected with everything that's ever showed up in your life. Once you have that identified, then you know clearer what hands you should be playing. But yes. until you have that identified and you have other labels, other jars to uh, people to help you read your, your, your mm -hmm. label, it's easy to just pick any hand or any opportunity that comes your way. So that, yeah, you that's can identify absolutely. the correct ones for you. And that, I think that's the key because until we have massive clarity of what we want, our unconsciousness will continue to give us what we believe we deserve. Yeah. And so it's that navigation between conscious and unconscious and then truly really being clear what, who the right fit people are that we can serve the best. Like I'm always about that. Like I look for, I look for ways to calibrate from helping others because that for me was the only way that I could help myself. Mm -hmm. And so my whole thought uh, on this is how, well, a lot of people I, I, I meet don't know what their unique ability is, even if they're brilliant, even if they're doing seven figures, they're not quite sure what, what it is because their excellent zone is so robust that they can go in 20 million different directions and probably execute better than most. Yeah. That's and just to, just to add on to, just to clarify what Jules was saying there too, is like you can, if um, until you've understood your unique ability, which is truly your unique ability. Again, this is a Dan Sullivan concept mm -hmm. that very close to unique ability are things that you're excellent at and where you can get trapped at. And what Jules was just referring to is you can create a seven figure business on things that you're excellent at, but it may, it may not be the things that are, that are your uni unique ability, the things that you're world-class at, that you constantly want to get better at, you constantly want to improve on. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to, to interrupt you there, but <laughs> very powerful. No, 
Yeah, that that's important to understand. And that's, yeah. that's it. And that's the relevancy that you have with your podcast is bringing it back to where people are. And that's always what it's at in your business. Where are people? Not where do you want to go? Where are people? Right. And, and uh, so that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, incredible. We were talking about your uncle, incredible wisdom to know, uh, to, 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 to hear what he shared about learning how to keep staying at the table. There are a few other takeaways that I know you've shared from, from your uncle. And I think that those are also super valuable that I'd love people to hear just because whenever I can hear accumulated wisdom from somebody like Oklahoma, Johnny Hale, that's been alive for 92 years that did all these incredible things to hear the condensed wisdom at the very end, like that's the juiciest stuff. So uh, if you could share some of those other things that you learned from him, I, I think it'd be very valuable. There's two more really important ones that really help shape the way you think about things. And I and just, it speaks to his perspective and why he was so impactful in his career. And the other, so the first question was, well, how, how do you play, you know, poker? And then he asked me, do you want to know how people actually cheat at poker? And clearly here I'm stating he was not a cheater because he was actually considered, he has a book written about him called The Gentleman Gambler. So he actually exemplified the highest level of a character and integrity. But he did tell me how people cheat at poker. And that in itself was an insight, because I'm like, um, you know, uh, ace up their sleeve, right? <laughs> what do they got? <laughs> but I didn't, since I don't play, I didn't know. Then he says how people cheat at poker. And he's like, it, 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 you, he could tell because he, he was very good at being able to read a room. And he says he could always tell when players were cheating because they would have tells and they would be literally telling each other what the other person had in their hand. And so now instead of knowing five cards, you know, 10 or whatever, whatever the, however it's stacked. But because of that, you have more insight than anyone else in the room. So thus the odds are in your favor. I saw that as a, like, let, let's leverage that because that obviously works in poker. Let's put it in business. And when we put it in business, it's completely ethical and actually what you need. You need people on your side. You need people that you can bring to the table that give you that winning hand, that give you that advantage, that give you more perspective to see what's really happening here so that you can make better decisions. And that was like, wow. So Tribe for Leaders has that element too of like, here we are, we're your first strategic partner and we're here to help you win in Tribe for Leaders because that truly does make stronger wins. Yeah. So I think an, another common way of saying this, that's more, you know, one of the things you hear tossed around all the time is you are the combination of the five people that you spend the most time with is, is, a, is, an, is an iteration of that. It's like, who are you bringing to your quote unquote poker table? Who's playing with you? And yes. the more aware you can be of stacking that table in your favor that's like jewel said it's that's but that's not cheating in in business learning right. how to partner with the right people is the ultimate form of leverage so that that's incredibly powerful uh right. and, and what so what was the, the the last lesson that you learned from from him and to go back to what you oh, just yeah, said sure. incredible right and that was like that was a, the, a nugget of gold what you just said how easily you qualified in what this really means and also, you know, that's why you're one of the people I choose to have at my table, because it's like, we need people that we really trust and, and we really respect that have perspective and insights that can really move us forward. And I have a very small list of people that if I need insight, where I'm going to go, but these are very curated people that are the highest level. And absolutely, your name is at my table every time. And I want to make sure that I say that, state that publicly because you. you know that's 
well, you have to know who you can trust in this space. And that's what's missing in a lot of, of these funnels or experiences or a lot of these things. It's like, they're just trying to create content. They're just trying to, trying to do all these things, but it's like the way you show up, value first of what can I do here? How do I help? How do I help this move forward? How do I even like even here, how do I give my audience so much more from even just what she just said? And that is what changes everything. And so when you have someone like that on your side, you can do so much more. And when you someone you trust, it's like everything gets easier because the it be if it's hard it's actually a sign that we're not in alignment and so it's not mean that you should just grind and hustle until you die it means no let's reevaluate if this is even the best way to leverage yourself up because if we're leveraging up it should actually get easier as we go which speaks to the last thing that johnny said that really called out to me he has a book on amazon if anybody's looking for it it's 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 out of print but there are some used copies and so mm. it's full of insights. It's really fun. It's about poker, but it has more business lessons than anything I've read in a long time. And he speaks about the concept of how he told me never get stuck making 10 K. Don't worry about making $10,000 for yourself a year or a, day, a month. Worry about, he's like, it's, he's like, stop playing that game. He's like, that's what I try to tell everybody. Don't look to build yourself a small chunk that you feel like would be live, give you a comfortable life. He's like, it's harder to make $10,000 for yourself appear than it is to build yourself a million dollar business. And that's a concept. Like when people think, you know, wow, how, you know, how do I get to 10,000 or how do I get to a level that I feel very comfortable with the lifestyle I want? And instead he's like, it's easier to make the million and build it and leverage it. And that's a shift. Because people have these goals and they set for themselves, but are these goals too small? And are they having to work too hard to achieve these very small goals that they have? So is it easier to actually build bigger and actually have more? And that was a concept that really, like all of the things that Johnny told me really helped as I designed Tribe for Leaders, because it's like, oh, there's that. It's like, well, how do we help people shift through partnerships to, to make so much more benefit in their own world because it's actually easier to leverage it. And I've seen spending at scale, how easy it is to make money because after a while it just feels like commas and zeros. So it's, it's really about where's your intention at? What do you really want to accomplish? What's your North star? Are you just looking to create push out content or are you looking to drive like intent? For your people like here at tribe for leaders i'm looking to drive trust i'm looking to drive um, strategic partnership intent and then i'm looking to to make it so people get what they need and that's really what we create all the time is we're looking how do we drive more intent so that the people that are making the decisions here because it's not me saying you need to decide to be here and so you choose yes they actively must decide so if you want to switch your your positioning up in your funnels and in your experiences, the more you empower your audience to be the decider and you call them, they're, they're the agent of change in their own life, not us. Yep. They actively take that role and thus they can move forward faster. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, I also want to point out how you have 
created your business around these insights that you've gleaned. And so like, that's another thing of noting is like, whenever Jules goes back to talking about tribe leaders, it's because she's, she's taken all these insights she's, she's gained and created a manifestation of that inside of her business. And it's funny that, you know, I've heard you talk about these things about Oklahoma Johnny and it hit me in a different way this time. And it's funny because I think the very first point that how you win is staying in the game for as long as possible. I don't know how you specifically articulated that, but that really encapsulates the other two points that he makes as well. Because mm -hmm. if you're waiting long enough for the right opportunity, you're staying in the game, you're going to get dealt a hand where you have an opportunity that's a million dollar opportunity versus a 10K opportunity. And the discernment is understanding not to take the 10K opportunity. It's yes. to take the million dollar opportunity. So that's one. And the other thing that he talked about is cheating at poker, which, which we, you know, uh, talking about the business perspective, it in part of the hand that you're dealt quote unquote is also the people that show up in your life. And it's very easy to sometimes chase people that, that may not be the right opportunity for you. And this is something that, that I've, I've learned a lot too. And, and this is something that comes from Dan. Now we're talking about Dan Cashel. We talked about it multiple times, but actually we didn't in introduce this concept, but, but uh, the concept of it having an irresistible offer. And that's kind of what Jules has created in Tribe for Leaders, you know, creating it so it's irresistible for your target audience. If you have an irresistible offer that, and the right people, like those are all the things that need to come into play to make up that hand that are really going to just create a windfall for you. So it's really just understanding that discernment and having the different people that can give you that perspective for when you should actually be playing. So that was, mm -hmm. that was really cool to, to see that all put together there. Um. Okay. Awesome. Well, I know Jules, we, we, so there's so many, you and I have these conversations that go for two, sometimes three hours. So I know we could keep going. So, uh, to kind of just put a bow on it for people that are listening right now, you have such great insights. So this is the last question I want to ask. So like you, you have so much visibility into these seven figure businesses. So I guess kind of a, a two part question. So one for people that are looking to get to the seven figure mark, like what are some of the, the most valuable fundamental things that you think would be valuable and kind of part two, and we can maybe take these apart, or what are some of the biggest themes that you notice amongst the incredible people in your community? Mm -hmm. Okay, first part is the thinking. Uh, is the only way to keep scaling is your thinking has to evolve at every level. The thinking that got you to this level is not the thinking that is required for next level. Thus, if you're feeling stagnant at all or frustrated by you know lack of more progress, what needs to shift is, is how you think, not what you think, how. Mm -hmm. And we, how we do that is best through, you know, we learn best through actually seeing, like when we can see it, when we can feel it, when we can be immersed in it. So being around the right people that can help stimulate it. And just like going back to what I was saying about of, of language with entrepreneurship, you need the people around you that have pieces of language and context that you do not have yet. So you need to diversify and need, you need to branch out. And that's really what, like, one of the things that I absolutely adore are the redwood trees. And I adore them for so many reasons. And I, that was the first place I actually went after my daughter passed away. And the feeling in those trees was so incredible. And if you touch a redwood, their trunks don't even feel like what you'd anticipated to feel. It almost feels spongy because of the air and just the quality. Of it. But this, there's so much here because the best uh, principles and orders are you're going to find. Are actually natural and the redwood trees have been around since the dinosaurs and they're also the the tallest tree known to man so they're time tested and they're the biggest ones out there how does that happen how how and the thing that makes them the most interesting tree aside from that fact is 
to they're time tested they're the biggest trees out there so they grow up to three over 350 feet and yet their root system normally is so shallow that's only five to ten feet deep and that just blows people away like how can a tree that big and that vast be able to withstand any storm and that secret that knowing that redwood trees have is a key thing that's still very evident in our world today and a lesson that i highly encourage everyone listening to this podcast to consider for their life because what the redwood tree does is unlike any other tree out there and so redwood trees they actually branch out their root system and they reach out to they their roots actually sprawl out to even 100 feet wide and so they but they, there's one little nuance to this as they branch out and reach for the trees they will not connect their root systems to anything but redwood trees because anything but redwood trees would not be able to support them their growth and help them weather any storm so redwood trees the way that they're so strong is because they connect to other redwood trees and so whenever any storm hits or the test of time it's not met by one tree it's met by an entire forest and that changes everything so when you see yourself as a, as and your business as something if you branch out and you connect to the right sources that's truly how you access the highest levels and pretty much anyone any mogul out there that's really like warren buffett they're going to tell you the same thing you got to get insights you got to have the right support from the right people with the right perspective that can really help you through your journey. Because the, the truth of everything is, you don't know what you don't know. So you need to be around people that do. And you need yeah. to be around people that can help you and move as you move forward. And there's, there's something I wanna pull out right there is like, notice how Jules did not mention anything tactical. Jules did not say that the, for, if you're looking to get to seven figures, you should start a book funnel, that you should do a webinar, that you should do a challenge, that you should start a SaaS company. She didn't say anything like that. She said the only way to scale and to grow is your thinking and, and that uh, the law of the redwoods and connecting with people. And it's funny because it's so easy to scroll social media to hear and, and you want somebody to say, you want somebody to tell you a tactic because a tactic is easy. Like you can go and start a, a, a book funnel. You can go and do a challenge. That's super, super easy. And that's what people want to hear, but that's not the right hand, mm -hmm. but lots of people are dealing those hands. And so the hand that you're waiting for is like what Jules was saying is the iteration, the clarity. And I have a process that I've, I've kind of developed. I'm still forming right now, but it's like e equals MC cubed. So exponential growth equals magic clarity, connection, and conversion. So get as clear as possible, which sometimes is not going to feel very clear, but it's as clear as you can possibly get with the visibility that you have and the people that you have. And then you need to have connection and conversation with people. And then, you know, conversion and you can, you can make, you can make conversion be an actual monetary thing, or it could be another result that you're looking for. Right. But the more you go through clarity, connection, conversion, the more you iterate, the faster you can get to where you want to go. And that's really what Jules, I think is saying is the advice for people looking to get to seven figures. It's not about the tactics. It's about getting clear. It's about experimenting. It's about iterating. It's about connecting with the right people. And that's really the secret sauce. So that was the, the part one of the question, Jules, if you want to answer really, I don't know, uh, quickly or how, if, if you have any insights on what, the biggest themes, or maybe this ties into an answer you already gave. What are some of the biggest themes that you notice amongst incredibly successful people in the TFL community that, that would be relevant for our listeners? Mm -hmm. One is, is they're decisive. 
they have, but first they have clarity and then they're decisive. They take action. That's really important. It's like the speed of implementation does matter. And it's not about being perfect. They're, none of them expect to be perfect, which is fantastic. Because a lot of times at lower levels, people think they've got to bring out their A plus game before they're even worthy of doing anything else. But really, I always, I always have to just put it out there. And I go with my best understandings of what I'm doing and, and research and everything, but I still have to put my best scenario together without really having the understanding of actually someone that went through the experience. And so when people go out and try to make everything perfect before they actually allow anybody through, it makes it so that they may actually be creating in the wrong forest and they don't know it. So speed of implementation, speed of tests, and, and even the one other thing from Johnny was, because I asked him about risk-taking. People that are, get to the highest levels take risks. They don't, not everything works for them, but they keep iterating, they keep trying, and they keep learning from it, and they win every single time because of what they glean from the scenario. They can harvest gold even in loss, and I actually think your most of the gold that you want to harvest in your career actually come from those moments of like, oh, that wasn't perfect, or oh, I failed, you know what I mean? And But it's not a failure if you leveraged it the learning and if you see that it's not like it's it's not as binary that that place find the gold there's always gold at every level every problem every resistance everything that even negative in your life is trying to teach you something you need to know so you don't have to keep experiencing it so that we can break through to a new level of insight and impact so when you put all these things together it, you start realizing that it's like oh so i need to get quicker at putting offers in front of people. Like I have a one, two, three, one, two, one method that I like, that's my rhythm because I had to give myself permission not to be perfect. And I had to, because that was one of my hindrances was wanting perfection every single time before I would even show anything I was working on to anyone. That's not a good way to move fast <laughs> or impact a lot of people because what's really happen happening is that is your mindset. That is where you're at. You're playing, you're hedging your bets, you're hedging what you provide the world and, and you're not really showing up from the true full alignment because alignment equals velocity. If yeah. you're aligned, you're moving fast. So these people are very aligned. They move fast. They take, they try things. We have to see what the audience wants. Is this actually in calibration with the needs of what we're trying to solve? And then is there a value? And then, so we find all that information out and then we just keep, making it better. That's why we go back and look at what we just did and we optimize from the experience. Because yeah. whenever we optimize inputs, we optimize outputs, which, are what, which is what we really want. But you have to have a focus line and a way to be able to, to access your business wisdom. And we got to, not many people at the, uh, at like, you know, five, six figures are even seeing, you know, their, their lists as the value. There's so much value there or even just accessing and calling people on the phone and figuring out, well, what do you think of this experience? Asking more questions, having more of a, a relationship and shifting their thinking from yeah. really service and time-based retainers and, and, and packages to really value-based and outcome-based. That's the shift that needs to happen. When you get really clear, it's easier to be outcome-based and still stack the deck in your favor with your proposals. But you have to be very clear what you can provide someone. And the more that you get clear and the higher that you just go on the deep end of, of really what the most people's services are and actually know we're results. 
that's how people take it to the next level, as well as having automation built yeah. in, in a way that it doesn't stifle a relationship, but continues it. Right. So uh, really, you, like, that's the problem with talking to Jules is she drops so much knowledge and then, and then, and then there's like so much more to dive into. So this, this could be like a 30 hour long interview. So, <laughs> uh, so I, if you could kind of like, there's two things that you said, I, I, I just want to clarify on for people to, to make sure that they understand this. The, the first thing I think that's really powerful that you said, I just want to highlight is that at the end of the day, people don't buy services. They don't buy a product. They don't buy any of that. What they buy is they buy a result. They buy, they buy an emotion. They buy a feeling. And the better that you can understand that, the more powerful you'll be. So I think that I just wanted to put a little bow on that. The other thing that I wanted to, that you mentioned really quickly that I think is one of the most valuable concepts I've learned from you is the one, two, three, one, two, one pattern. So can you kind of like succinctly explain what that means to, to people listening? Yeah, I call it the boss, uh, how to be a boss. And so it's like business optimization sequence system. And so it's a mouthful. But <laughs> what it is, is a way to like keep yourself moving forward. So really, we're really wanting to put together, okay, like Brandon, let, what are we doing? What's the line? What is it going to be? You know, there's an activation, there's an experience, and then there's a result. That's the one, two, three. And so we chart it out. With all of, we use as much insight as we possibly can from our current audience. We figure out what do they really need, what do they really want, and what results are they wanting. And so when we figure all those things out, we can create a sequence and a flow that create that for them in our ecosystems. But that doesn't mean it's a perfect one. And so because of that, we must have it built in that the next thing we do is actually learn and absorb all this wisdom that these people that actually went through told us. Mm -hmm. We need people to go through one to see if it's viable. We need at least three people to e easily purchase the offer. We need to understand why people didn't purchase the offer, why people did, where people were when, when they you know, looked at the offer and understand as much insights about the people that we wanna serve. So thus we actually create self-identification in our process. Like, oh, that's me. Now, this is for moms of seven kids. Oh, that's me. That's easy. Okay, that's great. So I already made a micro, micro, micro commitment in my brain that this is mine. And this is something I'm supposed to go just by me self-identifying. The more we can get the people that we're trying to serve to activate them and empower them to be in the driving seat and not us, the more that they're actively going to be buying from us, not being sold by us. And that's really what we're wanting to do here is we want to create a process that makes, that activates buying intent. And people always are like, oh, well, there's these direct response copywriters are just incredible. A lot of the times the secrets come from the fact that we're willing to pick up the phone and listen to people that what they're saying. Right. Like, you know, I, I had an incredible run with a specific company doing Facebook ads and what people when people think that sounds so incredible but what they didn't think that what they don't hear is before i even ran a dollar for them i spent two weeks listening to all the phone calls of people onboarding to their thirty thousand dollar coaching package yeah before i wrote a, a one word of copy for a product that i that started either for a free ebook or a 297 you know a program and see that's different that's me being right eye dominant i understand that I need to get to attract $30,000 buyers. Right. But I'm so, starting with free or 297, which is as low as end as you can go. 
Yeah. So, so to kind of synthesize that, so Jules looked for those phone conversations to get an insane level of clarity, which informed the first part of the one, two, three, one, two, one sequence. So just kind of the one is activation, two is experience and three is the result. Is that, that's correct, right, Jules? So, so one activation, two experience, three results. So once you do that activate experience result, then you go back because you have a higher level of clarity and you go back to activation and then you create the experience. So the pattern is one, two, three, one, two, one activation, experience, result, activation, experience, activation. And then if you do that process, it's kind of what I said before about clarity, connection, conversion, right? Clarity, connection, conversion, <laughs> and then you do these cycles and then you, you will get to higher and higher levels of clarity, which creates higher and higher and higher levels of business. And so that was another thing that Jules had mentioned earlier is that, that iteration is just key. And the quicker you can iterate, the quicker you can learn, the quicker you can develop a, a sustainable model. But if you're waiting to ship something because you want it to be perfect, it's you're going to take forever to build your business because the, the real secret sauce is not in the perfect product. It's in shipping quickly and then iterating from the, the, the key insights that you get. So Jules, I know we've been going for a while here. So for, for people listening, uh, I guess uh, the, the last thing I'd like to ask is what are your, do you have any final parting words? And also, how can people find out more about what you're working on? I know you, you're not very public about everything. So you're kind of a hidden secret for everyone. So final piece of advice. And if they wanted to kind of maybe hear about what you're doing, tell us where we can do that. Okay. <laughs> not easy to do, but yes, that's possible. Sure. <laughs> so one of, my, one of the things that the message that I really want to impart in the world, well, it's two part. One, I feel that we need to help the helpers. Yep. And if you're a helper, there's a reason for it. If you're driven to really make an impact in the world and, and feel like you need to be doing something to like connect because you can see where the world's at, that's on purpose. You have a mission and it's your mission to figure out what that is and what it means to be you. And every time you feel that feeling that you know you could be doing more or you know that this isn't quite exactly where you expect it to be right now, that's the higher level of you saying, hey, there's more out there. And the one thing I really, really encourage everyone to do is to really explore and learn who you are. You know, everybody talks about these different levels of, of like getting to this height or trying this new thing and just being here and here and here. And they make it sound like it's all tactical. Like, oh, if I do this, then I'm going to get this and that's going to take me to the next level. You can do some levels like that. There are some levels that you can heavy lift yourself into. But that can't be the way you grow as oh, just your formula for growth. To get to the highest levels of anything, you have to get really passionate and intentional about discovering who you are and why you do what you do and why you are who you are. And if we can figure that out and we can even see where our unconsciousness puts us and how it plays us and where, how, how we just default in certain ways, we can literally put in leverage to make it so it starts moving the way we want is because you already are designing unconsciously at a level that's creating everything you have in your life when you're ready you can absolutely do it consciously and create so much more impact and when you do that you shift from work to play and right. that's really where it's at for me i want to help people shift from working to playing because that's why me and you have long conversations when we come together to talk, we're in play mode. This is fun for us. This is not work ever with you. Like that is, I've never worked an hour with Brandon Fong. <laughs> but yet, if you look at how much time we spent together, 
you know, you, you would see because all of that is in my play zone. This is me not having to try. This is me just being me. And that's the difference. Trying is trying on you. Mm. So when you just allow yourself to be in the room, because your through line puts you right there and you're here for a reason, you are not an imposter and you do not have to do anything to deserve where your seat at the table. You are here because of who you are. And it's not an accident. When you can take that power, you change your life. And then from that, you change the world. So there's so much power in making those, t- and they're, the levels, the, to get to the highest levels, it's not going to be like, you know, 180 degrees. It's actually going to be the smallest nuances of a shift. Just like I said, right eye, left eye. It's like, that's a small nuance. But that's where the highest levels are in the nuances. That's where all the pockets of wisdom are in the nuance. But really, learning you is tr- ultimately the way you have a successful, satisfied life. That's incredible. So I, I think that, that, puts, that ties everything together from what we talked about this whole thing, discovering who you are, identifying your unique ability, your through lines, partnering with the right people, playing, waiting for the right hand, helping the helpers, incredible insights for everybody listening. So thank you so much, Jules. And I guess the, the last question I asked, if people want to find out more about Tribe for Leaders, I guess that's an easier question to ask. Where, they, where can they find out about that or um, anything else that you'd want to mention really quickly? They can go to tribeforleaders.com and they can cool. find out a little bit of information. We purposely, it's invite only. So it's, we're not out, you're not going to find us easily. It's purposely put in a spot so that the right people can find us. And we are a nomination network. And so to, to be in TFL, you must be nominated. So it's, it's a really interesting, uh, really interesting opportunity and experience, but it is at tribeforleaders.com if cool. you want to find more. Awesome. Well, Jules, thank you so much for dropping all these value bombs as you always do. I'm sure this will be not the only time we have you on the podcast. I'm sure we'll bring you on throughout so that people can continue to learn. And thank you so much for being here and we'll talk soon. This was awesome. Thank you. Yep. Hey, it's Brandon here again, and I have a quick favor to ask before you head off, and that is if you are listening to my voice right now and you are currently using either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would help me a ton if you could stop what you're doing, take five seconds to tap the number of stars that you think the show deserves. So if you're on Spotify, there's a place to add a star rating right underneath the name of the show. And if you're listening on Apple, just scroll down where you're seeing all the episodes and there's something that says tap to rate. Just tap the number of the stars that you think the show deserves. And you may not know this, but I typically spend over five hours of my own time each week just researching a guest on the show. And then there's the time that's spent recording the show, the intro, reaching out to new guests, and of course, all the editing, publishing, promoting that my amazing wife and high school sweetheart, Leah, helps me to manage. So all that to say, there's a lot that goes on just to get to the point where you listen to this episode. So if you appreciate the content and have 10, five to 10 seconds to spare, it would help a ton if you could leave a quick rating on the show. Extra credit if you choose to leave a review, but just tapping whatever stars you feel the show deserves helps a ton and it takes so little time. So whether you choose to do that or not, I so appreciate you and I'll talk with you soon.